Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Just like that, the second hour is here. Outkick 360 rolls on. Hutton and Withrow with you back in Nashville and across the Outkick Network. Fun week out in Glendale, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona. Always delivers on great Super Bowls. And last night, Kansas City wins again. Their third total, second with Mahomes. And he also wins his second MVP. 38-35 the final over Philadelphia. Nick Lowry joins us. He's in the Chiefs Hall of Fame and five-time All-Pro. Great kicker for the franchise. Nick, great to see you, man. Hope things are well. Congratulations on your Chiefs. You know what? There could not have been a much better script uh, <laughs> to, to see the way the Eagles dominated on that opening drive, their offensive line pushing through, you know, sustained offense first touchdown and we just answer with a seven i think about a seven play drive travis kelsey starring pretty amazing what would be going through your head on the final kick that made it 38 35 he better make it (laughs) it was almost too close uh no but um (laughs) you know frankly harrison is a great kicker but you know he'd missed the field goal earlier yeah so you know, you never know what's going through somebody's head. And that is the field where he he tore his, you know, ankle. He's, he injured his ankle in the opening game where I was uh, at opening day. And so you never know. And that field was in bad condition. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people tripping. And uh, George Toma, a greatest uh, landscaper in the history of the NFL, great friend of mine. But I don't know what was happening on that field. It just uh, a lot of people were falling down. As as a kicker, you know how frustrating is it when you watch uh, the replay of, of Jake Elliott? Uh, I don't know how he got the kick off, honestly, where he's sliding on yeah. his on his plant foot w- when it goes down. But to me, to know that this is happening on in a Super Bowl uh, where it's not a bad weather Super Bowl, we're not back in you know MetLife Stadium uh, in New Jersey yeah. in, in the winter. Uh, what what were, what was going through your mind as you watched those conditions as a kicker? Well, that's exactly what happened to Harrison Butker earlier in the year. And to do it in, in that situation, um, you got what you have to do is you shorten your steps about it, about an inch, right? You, you plant not as heavily, but you, you want to still plant. So you don't want to be moving forward too fast. Um, and luckily, with a shorter field goal, you know, you're not worried about trying to hit it from 50 yards. You can stay within yourself, but you still never know until you get it done. Did you play on a surface where they painted the actual grass and not the logo? I, I was asking, like, there. I wonder if there's just paint all over that field to make it green everywhere. I know I realize it's Arizona and they roll that thing in and out, but I mean, this isn't the first time we've seen a slick surface. We just rarely see it in the big games. Right. I, I would say uh, the old San Diego field. Uh, you know, sometimes there, <laughs> Jack Murphy Stadium. 
sometimes they paint it over so many times, there's really no grass left, right? But this is a new era. They're like 18 dome stadiums. Every every stadium has prescription turf or something that doesn't blow up like the old Cleveland Stadium, which would have, you know, basically about a million cow turds of mud yeah. stacked on top of each other. It's usually a lot better. And, uh, you know, that is a beautiful stadium. Uh, but it, it's too bad because it took away, I think. And frankly, what worse could it have been for Patrick Mahomes, who indeed did re-injure his ankle right before the half? And that stadium's, uh, you know, grass condition could have made it even worse. Nick, explain for us uh, from KC fans and just those around the, the, the Chiefs organization, there is a definite chip on the shoulder there was this year. Um, yeah, Kelsey continues to talk about it at, at length. Um, the yeah. trash talk from the Bengals about Arrowhead that played into the week long discussion and post game, and then and thank you, Mayor. Yeah, and, thanks, yeah, Mayor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, where it, it's very rare that a team can win the Super Bowl two out of three years, and they're considered the underdog going into the game. Where does that come from, and why are they able to use it as legitimate trash talk so much when it really wasn't all that awful what people were saying because we all think the Chiefs are great? Well, you you use what you have to. I will tell you the bigger chip on the shoulder, which was two years ago in Tampa, you know, the coming out party literally and figuratively for Tom Brady. um, You know, during COVID, the team normally, as it did this time, would fly out the Sunday afternoon a week before the game, but instead they were going to fly out just before the game. And then Andy's son, God bless him, you know, had that horrific accident and God bless the person that was almost killed from that and permanently brain damaged. And it just ruined the focus of the team. If it had been even on a Monday of the week, instead of a Thursday night coming out Friday morning, but instead they were all like deer caught in the headlights and if you saw Patrick Mahomes on the sideline in that game compared to how he was in this game, you know, he was a little bit, I mean, he was efficient in the first half, but you saw that fourth quarter, the fire came out. All of them had it. They were in an emotional state. They were in a uh, also a sense that they could overcome what was an amazing performance by Jason Kelsey in that offensive line. Jason Kelsey, with all due respect to Jalen Hurts, could have been the MVP. I mean, how many third and fourth and ones where he just gets down like a scrum in rugby and gets so low there's no one better in the National Football League, maybe ever, at doing that, blowing our defensive line back. Yet, in the fourth quarter, you saw Patrick Mahomes get into that place of emotion and Travis and everyone, and then a big Kadarius Tony. I'd said uh, where I was, that Kadarius Tony is that X factor. They really don't realize what what he can do, and so he can be a surprise factor, and that's indeed what he was just when we needed it to give us that confidence that we could win. Everyone now, you know, they're going to start to look at, all right, let's look at Mahomes at 27 and Tom Brady at 27. And it's not far-fetched to see a similar path with this setup with Mahomes, except one thing. He's not going to have Andy Reid probably for the majority of his career. You know, definitely not that much longer, considering Andy Reid is saying it's a year-by-year thing as to when he's going to retire. Brady had Belichick for his entire stint um, in in New England. But does that – we know Andy Reid's great – but even with Mahomes' greatness, does that ultimately matter, Nick? When you look at the trajectory of his career, he's going to have another head coach in KC at some point. Yeah, but Do, does it yeah. even matter for a guy like Patrick Mahomes who the next coach is, considering his greatness? 
Patrick Mahomes had a chip on his shoulder this year from that year. And then also saying himself that he choked last year in the AFC championship game against uh, Cincinnati in overtime, having had a phenomenal first half. Um, and if this was happening to him in his maybe fourth year, okay, but he's going to have God willing Andy for at least a couple more years and for them to figure out who's the best replacement. And then you just can't predict it. I want to say something about Andy Reid, though, with all due respect to Terry Bradshaw and his asinine comments uh, that had to do with, you know, Andy and his age and his weight. I mean, he's just pulled off one of the great halftime adjustments in the history of the National Football League. And he deserves credit for being the finest coach in the National Football League. Now, he's taken officially, as of yesterday, the baton from Bill Belichick, who deserves all the credit in the world. Andy Reid is reigning supreme. If there's a Game of Thrones in the NFL, Andy Reid is sitting on it, and no one's chopping off his head. Well, the, the amazing thing about his career now is, you know, he's won more than 100 games in two different franchises, and is the right? best coach in both franchises' history. Um, right. That's unprecedented. In the NFL, yep. you know, regardless of where he ranks all time, that part of his career is unprecedented. And to do it at yep. two different places, you know, Peyton Manning didn't really become a legend until he was a part of greatness on a se second team because he was always yep. going to get the knock of not winning the big game. But he broke records with the Broncos and the Colts and, you know, snuck into that last Super Bowl in the end. So now with what Andy Reid was done with both franchises and to beat the one that you know cut him loose it's it is yes. pretty remarkable nick it's no doubt about it when you look at his place in history you know look at the coaches though bill belichick not that great at cleveland figures it out my coach marv levy who had the brains <laughs> and the guts to cut jan stenerud six years before he finished playing to take me uh and then is fired a couple years later does his time in purgatory, his six, his 40 days in the desert, and like Bill Belichick, comes out the other side, Hall of Fame coach with Buffalo. The second time around, Marty Schottenheimer, the second time around, um, you figure out a couple key distinctions in who you surround yourself with. Dick Vermeil lost his first Super Bowl, did a great job turning around Philadelphia, but then they were flat in that game against the Raiders in 1980 -81. And then he comes back with the Rams and has a, a moment when he just figures out he doesn't have to kill his players and then they just take off. So, you know, second time around, Andy Reid, as good as he was in Philadelphia, even better here. Two Super Bowls to prove it, not just the loss in that one where Donovan McNabb was just, you know, 70 yards away from putting it, pulling it off. Nick, why is now the time if he chooses to leave? the time to go if you're Eric Bieniemy. It, it he's, sounds like he's oh. the top choice to be the OC in in Washington. A lateral move, but Andy Reid said last night if he leaves, we hope that he I hope he runs the show. And I guess that's yeah. the reason why he would jump laterally in order to climb the ladder a bit more, but man, the, the way that the offense is rolling right now, I don't know why you would do it now personally. There is no reason why Eric Bieniemy deserves to or would take a lateral move when you are in a situation think of the coaching trees of andy reed and marty schottenheimer marty schottenheimer i mean just ridiculous all the great coaches and of course bill belichick that they gave birth to in their own coaching careers um the more that eric stays the more he will be ready to be the head coach he's a sharp guy and look at the offensive adjustments uh, defensively we of course shut down that pass rush from philadelphia yesterday but the adjustments the unpredictability and the efficiency. And of course, 
um, Isaiah Pacheco, some unbelievably key runs to establish our running game, which put pressure off of um, Patrick after injuring his, his ankle. And yet Patrick then comes up with his own run right at the perfect time to put us in easy field goal position. So Eric Bienemy, um, he's qualified. There's no way I can see him ever going to an unstable, if better, improved franchise in Washington, my hometown, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, uh, trivia, longest field goal in the history of the NFL in the first quarter. Nick Lowry, 58 yards, RFK Stadium, still the record. Just had. Did he mute? I'm not Why sure. Why is he not already go. a head coach? It's ridiculous. He has got command. He's got charisma. The key thing for that first-time coaching experience is how do you surround yourself with people that don't distract you from the media, from the politics, so you can do what you do best, which you did as offensive coordinator, which is coach real football with X's and O's. Nick, uh, did Harrison Bucker break your individual record for the Chiefs' longest field goal? I held that record for 40 years, and actually it was the – which isn't too bad, uh, but the – they had a backup kicker who who broke it, and Harrison broke it. You know, okay. uh, records are, are made to be broken. 40 years isn't too bad, and he's no. a great kicker. People say, do you coach him? I say, I stay away, man. He, he most of the, In most senses, he has it done. He's humble, never makes excuses, and here he has two game-winning field goals in the AFC Championship game and, and the Super Bowl. Worst slump you went through as a kicker? 1989, I had three missed field goals, two that counted against the Cleveland Browns in that wonderful stadium there. Uh, and I had four different holders. It was the first year uh, with Marty. And then I ended up uh, hitting 24 in a row, leading the NFL in scoring in 1990, 21 in a row in 1991, 22 for 24 and 92. Not too many kickers have had that. So that slump uh, – propelled me to work harder and get better. And that's what we love about the Chiefs and great teams and why we love football is you come from adversity, you go through challenge, you have to come back as they did yesterday multiple times throughout the game. And that's what makes it just a beautiful essay in the best in the human spirit. Nick Lowry, longtime Chiefs kicker. He's in the their Hall of Fame, five-time All-Pro. Nick, thank you as always, man. We appreciate the insight. And uh, again, congrats on the victory last night. Hey, say hi to my friends at Losers in Nashville tonight. All right, we'll stop by. We'll swing by. Thanks, Nick. Tab, right. Tab's open, Thanks, I heard. Yeah, thank you. There's Nick Lowry. Um, yeah, 40 years of a, a record in the NFL is a long time. I was going to ask him, for a kicker. he said a 58-yarder in the first quarter was the, the record uh, at RFK Stadium. I was going to ask him if the turf was better there or last night in the Super Bowl uh, for that one. Uh, way back when. Well, at least it was the only thing wrong with it was it was rock hard. Yeah. Unlike last night. I don't know. Uh, I feel like that would be advantageous for kicker for yeah. planting. Yeah. You know, like as well, long you're not as getting, yeah, you're right. As long as it's like uh, you know the the old school hard astroturf that's not slick on top. Like if you can get the footing right, I feel like that'd be uh, bouncier almost for, for kicking the ball. Coming up, Jalen Hurts will switch gears. We'll discuss the losing team, the losing locker room, and what Hurts had to say following last night's loss, 38-35. That's next on Now Kick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Outkick 360, recapping Super Bowl 57 with you. You can join us at Outkick 360 on socials. Chad, I thought Jalen Hurts was really good last night. He had the fumble, but, I mean, they they were moving the football at will on that defense, on the KC defense. I think I saw something that um, the last uh, – you look at his numbers, the only quarterbacks better were – Steve Young and that blowout of the Chargers back in the mm-hmm. mid-90s. There was a Joe Montana game, I think, against the Dolphins in a Super Bowl where he lit it up to that level. It's the greatest quarterback performance in a loss that we've, that we've ever seen. The, the one fumble was the really the only big mistake in the game. He was terrific. And that quarterback sneak for them is unstoppable. Legit. And uh, the, the fact that on that, that, that run into the end zone to tie it up, that's where I'm thinking you're going to have to kill one of these guys to win the game with him and Mahomes battling at that point because it was all Mahomes for the most part in the second half, and he could not be stopped after falling behind 24-14 at halftime. But the way they responded down eight on that drive, the big pass play to Devontae Smith that set up the touchdown, and then his run where he goes through two guys to sneak into the end zone to tie it up, that was incredible. Jalen Hurts – just he looks almost pained. He's so serious when he's playing quarterback. Complete opposite of Patrick Mahomes, who is pure joy when he's playing the game. But they both get the get the job done. Pat, it's Patrick Mahomes is better, but Jalen Hurts is really good all season. He was great again last night. Yeah, I mean, he's about to get paid on the big extension. But here's his initial reaction last night. Here's Jalen Hurts. Man, I think um, you want to cherish you want to cherish these moments. You want to cherish these moments with the people that you come so far with you know um, your family uh, your loved ones your teammates your peers everyone that you you do it with and do it for you know and I'm, I'm so proud of this team you know I will say I'm so proud of this team for everything that we've been able to overcome obviously we had a, a big time goal in the end that we wanted to accomplish and we came up short you know I think the beautiful part about it is everyone experiences different pains. Everyone di- experiences different um, agonies of life. But you decide if you want to learn from it. You decide if you want to use that to be a teachable moment. And I, I know what I'll do. So. And he's he's been like that even after wins uh, throughout the season, where you can hear the leadership qualities and how he's not settling. You know, if, if you rewind that 12 months ago and listen to Joe Burrow describe the Super Bowl loss. Very different. You know, he's mentioning how he's still going to go have the Super Bowl party because, you know, who knows what's going to happen. We plan on being here, but, you know, this is the league. And I can't help but think whenever you have a young quarterback that's in that situation, they've got a loaded roster, right? I think it's a a given that we will immediately jump to, ah, they'll be back. And with Hurts, if we're trying to define the top quarterback of the NFL now, the way we do that first is with titles, with playoff performances and titles. He was excellent throughout the season. I think he could have won MVP had he not been hurt. He cashed in an approve-it year with all those players around him. They found their franchise quarterback. 
I do think he has the leadership qualities to get them back in this spot. But it's much more difficult than just penciling them in. Again, ask Joe Burrow this year, will you still have to go through Arrowhead? So the, the champ on our YouTube chat says, the last 16 quarterbacks to lose in their Super Bowl debut never made it back. Yeah, it's to not the, to it's the very big rare. Game. Um, and you're right. The assumption is right after the game, boy, this Eagles roster, they're going to be back. There's no doubt they're going to be back. You, you never really know. I think they'll be back too uh, in the NFC right now, the way it's constructed especially. But there, there's definitely no guarantee to that. And, and this is what I was alluding to with Jalen Hurt, just a very different personality type from a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. And he is alpha in his own regard. There's no doubt about it. He is the clear leader of that team. But he does it with stoicism. Uh, he does it with the – look at him surveying the defense. And there's a pain look on his face as he's doing it. He is uber serious about everything going on and all that he's doing. There's not a lot of time to cut up in interviews with him. Watching the pregame interviews with him and Mahomes, complete juxtaposition based on personality types. Both can win. Both can get it done. We've seen that time and time again. I hope for Jalen Hurts' sake he makes it back because I think we're seeing the start of a truly great career with him and his performance last night did nothing to change my mind about that even though they came up just a little bit short. The Chiefs, though, they're your champions. Their celebration in the locker room last night with Juju Smith-Schuster. And we'll have that in a moment, I believe. So the championship, they're drinking off of the Lombardi Trophy. Would you do that, Chad? Would you do this? Yeah. I mean, it's much better than a, what is it, a shoey? Where you pour into a shoe and do it? I mean, yeah, that's a hard surface. Um, You're not concerned about contagions when you win a Super Bowl. No. You're not concerned about what viruses could be on any type of surface you're drinking off of. And that video proves that there's no level of concern. For something like that. So you, you go all in on it. They're winning again. Another Lombardi for this era. And Juju Smith-Schuster had, I be, he had a clause that was around like a million dollar clause where if he plays 50% of the snaps this year and they win the Super Bowl, that, that triggers another uh, jump up in pay. And they had several, they had a couple of players like this last night. So there's more than just a win. Yeah, there's a lot of things that we'll talk about that'll spur a, a memory or something else to mention on this. You were talking about Jalen Hurts kind mm-hmm. of in, in his you know background of not always being handed something or proven wrong. The open to the Super Bowl last night was awesome with Bradley Cooper's voiceover, and it was very unexpected. Talking about you would assume these one-in-a-million athletes and quarterbacks were just handed the keys early, and you knew they were going to be a prodigy. And it went into Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and other players, Kelsey, that were doubted at some point or told they couldn't do it, and their personal stories about coaches who said something or someone else, and then Jalen Hurts being benched in a national championship game and then transferring to Oklahoma. Really, really well done in that pregame. Did, so did you hear uh, – I, I didn't hear many people picking Kansas City to win the game last week in Arizona. But which for, concerned me with our Eagles picks. Yeah, the longer yeah, it went on, right. I'm thinking, where there are way too many people. Well, and it was a, on the a side point and a half. I knew it was going to be a great game. I just I took the better roster, right? And, and I thought Philly would be the better team. But uh, Travis Kelsey's been, you know, shouting this into a microphone that no one's picking them. And it's like uh, Las Vegas did before you even kicked off the game today. Before you kicked off today, they have you as the Super Bowl favorite a year from now. So, I mean, yeah. the, the fact that we're overlooking Kansas City is, I mean, that's just... 
cheap trash talk. Travis Kelsey's going to have to keep coming up with a different uh, l- a line of motivation because we, we discussed this last week when we unveiled next year's Super Bowl odds. You could rinse and repeat this every year Patrick Mahomes is there. I mean, how many consecutive years are we going to see the Chiefs as the preseason favorite in the offseason odds-wise to win the Super Bowl? So Travis Kelsey may have to come up with some new material at some point about everyone down here. Now, for this week, I will say... The only difference is this year it was the Bills, the preseason favorite. Right, even on the Fox pregame, it got to Terry Bradshaw as the last picker. And he had the Eagles picked, and he's like, now I want to pick the Chiefs. Because we're all – and he said it. He called it. He's like, we're making a huge mistake. Everyone on this panel is picking the Eagles. I guess he didn't know or acted like he didn't. He said, I want to change my – can I change my pick? Okay, I won't. It's the Eagles then. I picked the Eagles to win. And he didn't even say the score. But he wanted to flip it because he felt like, oh, now everyone's picking the Eagles. It's going to be the Chiefs that win. And that ends up being exactly what happened. Back up Chad Henney. Uh, you could argue on their path to the Super Bowl having to come in for the injured Mahomes and lead that touchdown drive, putting points on the board, that 98-yard drive earlier in the postseason against Jacksonville. He has retired. He was drafted in 2008 and just tweets out, I'm enjoying a Bud Light and another ring, calling it a career. And props to it, man. He appeared in his time since uh, he joined Kansas City, he appeared in just 11 games. I mean, one of the best jobs you can have is a backup quarterback for a legend. And now someone else is going to get that job. Yeah. I, I immediately thought about, boy, you know, this is, uh, you know, like getting a Supreme Court appointment. It's a lifetime thing. So now whatever rookie they bring on or whoever else they bring in next, is that the best? You know, if you want the job, if you're really not that concerned with playing time or your own legendary status, this is a great gig for you because you can back up Patrick Mahomes, be his buddy in the locker room, be a great teammate, hold a clipboard, and never have to worry about your body being in peril or playing in the game because Patrick Mahomes can have a severely sprained high ankle injury and still play and really not miss any time and refused, even asked about it, refused to to even consider coming out of the game. So with Chad Henney's retirement, Hutton, that opens up a great job for someone else. Yeah, and he started as a backup too. So did Mahomes. You know, he's drafted in. He was the backup for Chad Pennington in New York. And Pennington got hurt in 2009, became the full-time starter at that point. Too many chads. Yes. Uh, 31 games for the Dolphins. Um, And then, uh, what, 22, 23 games, I believe, for Jacksonville. And now he's he's made the rounds, and he's been winning championships with Kansas City. I can say this as a chad. I don't think any roster in any sport that's ever featured two or more chads Mm. on the same roster has won a title. I know for a fact that Jets team did not win a title when both chads were the quarterback. One Chad, maybe. There's probably, you know, this Chad, that's fine. There we go. Multiple Super Bowls for one Chad on your roster. But if you get two or more, not going to happen. I don't know. You may, you, you're going to win the rec Chad league. Chad Ochocinco. You're going to win the rec league, though. Fine. Chad Ochocinco maybe could win a title. But you add Chad Henney to a Chad Ochocinco <laughs> roster, you're not winning a title. It's, it's science. It'll never happen. You're winning with Andy Reid. We had Donovan McNabb on the show last week in Arizona. And Donovan pointed out the fact that it was going to be extremely um, motivating for the former Eagles head coach. And sure enough, Chad, he, he ends up getting the victory over Philadelphia. And that's, I mean, that, that certainly plays a factor. Yeah, no, I think we actually have video also of Donovan McNabb talking about it on our show that we can play. We have to wait a moment, I believe. Oh, 
okay. playback's not working properly. I, I got gotcha. you. Um, um, no, hey, you can tell it was emotional for him on the podium. Yeah, and it's uh, look, th- these guys are all motivated by something. So uh, you know, be, being the best coach in a franchise's history, and then being told you know you're not good enough anymore by that franchise, and getting a crack at them in the Super Bowl at some point. That's going to be highly motivating. Here is Donovan McNabb last week on our show. It's personal. Uh, he'll tell you it's not. It's personal. It's personal for all of us who have played for it, and, and we understand that. Um, obviously, we want the Eagles to win, but I, I understand his motivation and his drive in this. I mean, you got you to gotta think about the success that he had over a decade in Philadelphia. Uh, the way things kind of ended was a little bit questionable. Uh, and then to go to Kansas City and pretty much continue the same reign that he had in Philadelphia and to find themselves here in this Super Bowl against them, oh, I'm sure it's extra motivation for him. All I can see is the man purse the entire time. Yeah. I'm watching that video back on Donovan McNabb that we ended talking about. Um, good, good for Andy Reid. I mean, look, you know, no one's going to feel bad for Andy Reid now, uh, multiple you know, Super Bowl winner. Uh, it was a big coronation when he won that Super Bowl. A few years yes. back against San Fran, as you know, the greatest coach to not win one. So to come on that, become a part of that list was big. To win a second one is enormous. He's sixty-eight, I think he is right. And he's coming back. He's, he said he's going to come back after the game. Um, I, it is though. It does feel like uh, just a year-to-year process. Sixty-four with him. He's only sixty-four. Wow. Yeah, Terry Bradshaw thinks he's sixty-eight. Yeah, that's, based on the podium. No, sorry, that's uh, yeah. My bad on that. But 64, I mean, yeah, he could coach for a little while longer, but it seems like it's year to year for him. Here is Andy Reid on the podium last night. Yeah, listen, I, mean, I, I, I look in the mirror and I'm old. Um, I, my, my heart, though, is young. I mean, I still enjoy doing what I'm doing. I got asked that 50 times here. And finally, I just go, whatever, man, you know, whatever. And that's a, that's a good friend. Jay Glazer is a good friend. So, I mean, he, he's probably telling me to get my tail out. I'm too old, but, um, I, I'm good with what I'm doing right now. So, and it's working, producing championships. My favorite stat, uh, just scrolling Twitter last night. From Optostats, November 5th, the Union lose the MLS Cup. November 5th, Phillies lose in the World Series. Super Bowl, Eagles lose the Super Bowl. Philadelphia is the first metro area uh, team to lose three championships in Major League Baseball, MLS, NBA, NFL, or NHL in a span of 100 days or less. But it does come in bunches. That's crazy. Well, we've, we've talked about how the titles yeah. come in bunches. But, I mean, again, I'm not. nobody's going to feel bad for... Phil. No, no. I mean, you you were in the World Series, whatever the MLS Cup is. They were in that, and now they're in this too, right? So the Super Bowl. I mean, it's great. It's not a bad time. Try being the city where all of your pro sports teams suck at the same time, and you're in the bottom. You're in the cellar yeah. of whatever's happening. That's the spot you don't want to be in. Can uh, would you be willing to be a fan of the Chiefs, Chad, with Patrick Mahomes on it? given the fact that you have to put up with Jackson Mahomes. Yes. The unlikable Jackson Mahomes. Jackson Mahomes, it's almost as if he's, it's like a cottage industry to lean into just being annoying. Um, I, I, do people like this? Are there people that, or is people it everybody just, I, just, I think people just hate follow him is what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh. Like yeah. if your entire brand is, uh, you know. Hate follow me. Unlikeability. <laughs> Then I guess that works. I just don't understand how that, like, if you're a good actor in a, in a villain role, 
and that's your thing, that's great. You know, you be very profitable. Yeah. And you can be the bad guy in a lot of stuff. I don't know why if Jackson Mahomes is pitching something and I'm only following Jackson Mahomes because I hate him. I don't follow him, by the way. Then why you would buy that product or why you would uh, you know, want to associate with anything he's associated with. I, I just, I'd like to hear from the people who like him. I don't know who those who, – who are these people? I guess like Jackson fans. Mahomes. I guess Chiefs fans just because they – Do they defend him. him even though? I don't even know that Chiefs fans defend the guy. Yeah. He's just annoying. He's a nuisance. It's everything he does is just siphoning off. I mean, I don't understand how Patrick handles it. I'm, I'm seeing some stuff where he's right there amidst the celebration, and all he's concerned with is, is setting up a selfie stick in the right uh, angle right, and like doing right. a dance behind him. And I'm thinking, if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'm like, hey, bro, stop. <laughs> You're not going to be allowed up here anymore. Like, just wait a little bit or don't do it around me. Yeah, I, it's a weird relationship that he can't the, tell his brother that. It's the opposite of it. You know, they're the opposite ends of annoyance versus likability. Or maybe Patrick Mahomes just really is the nicest guy in the world and nothing makes him annoyed. He has the most calm. But I, I would not be able to handle this if this was my brother. And I, if I'm Patrick Mahomes and this is my brother, I'm bringing my brother around until my brother makes a fool of me or starts doing stuff like this. And then I'm cutting him off. I'm saying, stop. Or you're not going to be up here, and you're not getting field passes anymore. But whatever, I guess it works for him. He's got a big following. Did you watch the uh, ESPN coverage last night after after the game post game coverage on Fox ended, and Chris Berman was down on the field? I've seen I've seen the video with the highlights based on the outkick story. Yeah, here's uh, Chris Berman comparing last night's moment to Abraham Lincoln's birthday. Also, of course, two African-American quarterbacks starting against each other in the Super Bowl for the first time. Fittingly, February 12th is Abe Lincoln's birthday. Yeah. I'm just trying to think now of other references that are just a bridge too far to make. We're just around the corner from Valentine's Day. Fittingly, it was, this was D-Day also. I yeah. mean, what's, what's next? Uh, to connect but, the two, you know, I, but to your what you said last week is right. Like it wasn't a storyline. No, it, because it's not something we're even looking for now. Which I, is great. I think a good sign of progress yeah. again is that uh, you know here I am, a, a white man in media, somehow still alive and still working, uh, and I did not think for a second about the race of either of these quarterbacks. It was shocking to me when I f- saw the first headline that this is the first time we saw two black quarterbacks go head to head in a Super Bowl. It's amazing to me it's the first time it's happened, first and foremost. There's a playoff system. You have to win to get into the Super Bowl that d- d- judges who's in the Super Bowl. It's not a, a selection you know, that gets pe- quarterbacks to compete in the Super Bowl. So it, it really did shock me that was the first time, but I didn't even think about it. Hutton, we asked Tony Dungy about this last week, and you know he had a great response to it because I asked him about when he played, mm-hmm. this was legitimately a problem. We're talking back in the 70s. Right, it was a big deal when he was allowed to play quarterback at Minnesota. One of the reasons he went to Minnesota was because it was one of the few programs that would give him a chance at quarterback. He had no shot at playing quarterback in the NFL and he moved to defensive back. It's a different time now. We've made a lot of progress in this. I think so much progress that I didn't even think twice about it when realizing this was the first time we had two black quarterbacks going head to head. The uh, halftime show, a lot of buildup. Rihanna hit. She played the hits. I didn't mind the set list. I just didn't think it hit home. And I do think now going into that, Chad, I am more. I'm like you. I am. I'm thinking like, okay, who's the surprise guest going to be? 
And when that didn't happen, there was a... It's uh, a letdown. Yeah, because you're wanting that big pop, the surprise that you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, based on the Vegas odds for uh, set list, you can kind of tell what's going to be played and what's not. And, you know, if, if you have some insider info, congratulations, because uh, uh, Better Have My Money uh, was plus 1100 at the Vegas box office going into the kickoff of the game. But the rehearsal would have taken place the night before. So you would have known. Yes. Uh, TikTok star Haley Karenia is in here. So give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. Uh, did she confirm that she's pregnant? She did. Yeah. We have confirmation on that. A yeah, rep, I, I a rep knew, for her did. I knew that Haley would, uh, would know that. Look, super impressive. Are we not allowed to assume that based on how she looked last night? No. I, I, the assumption all over the place was that she's pregnant. Like oh, something's okay. up. You know, I, no, no one thought that she just <laughs> went on an eating binge, you know, before the thing. And decided was, to unzip to show it off. Yeah. was like, guys, you know, I'm. Uh, maybe he's like the, the guy playing George Foreman. I've gained 60 pounds for this role that I'm playing, and I'm really dedicated to gaining this weight. No, everyone assumes she's pregnant. Super impressive that you performed halftime of the Super Bowl pregnant. Yes. So I do not want to make light yes. of that. That is uh, obviously not something I will ever be able to do, and I don't know the pain and all the problems that go along with that. But from what I hear and what I understand, uh, it is a big undertaking. So that is uh, something not to, you know, make light of. Um, I believe that's why, you know, I'm sure one of the reasons that she was uh, lip singing the whole time, right? That it was, uh, she's not singing live on that. Um, the performance, though, I just, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. The I was one. distracted by everyone in white. I'm not the critic. I just visually at times it was cool. At other times it was just so much of the same thing. That it lost yeah. its luster. Like, all right, The weekend, as an example. I don't get some of the, you know, funhouse mirror stuff he was doing. But damn it, it if that wasn't creative and yeah. he went for it. Like, that was really cool. The camera angle that's right on his face as he's walking through it. Interesting, unique. I can respect the art and the artistic direction of it. Last night, it started out visually where I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be neat. And then it didn't change. They did nothing different. Same outfits on everyone, the red, the white, and she's on the multiple. They're all on the multiple stages that are sort of hovering over midfield. It was just a I lot like of the, the same stage, thing. The stages visually, I thought was cool, but I was I yeah, was expecting was cool. I was expecting a surprise guest on one of the stages at some point. I, I I was let down with no no special guest. We saw the you know the drum set out there and everything. And, it was just the backup band. Well, uh, someone on the YouTube chat earlier was uh, having a big conversation about this and said they disagree with me. They don't want any special guest because it's all, you know, the, the special guest is just 30 seconds of one of their songs. And I'm thinking the whole thing is just snippets of the hits. Right. In the amount of time they have. So it's not, as you said, you're going to see a full set of, you're not going to see a full set of anything if you're playing the halftime show. So if you're going to just play little clips, Let's get the people excited with someone you're not expecting to see. Take the stage and sing one of the artist hits with them or someone they've collaborated with in the past doing something or stepping out. Uh, Missy Misdemeanor Elliott with Katy Perry was the most memorable part, her return on stage with her when she came out of nowhere and did that. Do something like that to change it up. I'm not the target audience. I understand that. It just it did not land for me last night with that halftime show. You know, the Grammy somehow put 52 artists in on a three-hour show to play, appearing. We can make anything happen. 
Yeah. This is the NFL halftime show. If you want to be a part of it and you're asked to do it, well, like you Dr- do it. Dre did it last year. Yeah. And a lot of people appeared. And it was, well, it, I don't think, and that one was multiple headliners, right? The whole thing was West Coast hip hop. I think you know Dre was the biggest of the headliners. Yeah, but, but you could work in a lot in 15 minutes. Snoop and Eminem were listed. I mean, there was a, the uh, NSYNC and Janet Jackson year. Those weren't the only two to appear on stage or Justin Timberlake. There were a bunch of people as a part of it. Yeah, bring on, the more the merrier. That's what I said. New Mexico State will not be appearing on the hardwood anytime soon uh, for their basketball program. We'll tell you why and discuss that next on Now Kick 360. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Outkick 360 rolls on. Chad, the New Mexico State basketball program, they have put everything on hold indefinitely. They've shut down the program, at least for the remainder of this season. It's unrelated to what's going on with the investigation into the shooting that uh, involved a, a basketball player, Mike Peake, and then three University of New Mexico students. Uh, they say that that was something that took place in November um, that where uh, murder charges stem from. It goes more into, and by the way, there were players that helped hide the gun, the, the weapon, I believe. This goes into hazing. So not only do you have the investigation going on, Unrelated to that, they are suspending their their season. Everything's on hold now based on hazing. I haven't heard of hazing in a long, long time. Yeah, so uh, they can say whatever they want about unrelated. Um, it, that doesn't help the whole murder thing. Right. So they're trying to put this off on something separate, but it, and it's part of it. But the, the murder deal is absolutely a part of the reason they're not playing basketball anymore. I don't know, Hutton, if you saw this in our, our hotel. The New Mexico State basketball team stayed in our hotel. I saw a bunch of them in the lobby, looked it up. They were playing at Grand Canyon University in the greater Phoenix area, and they were at the same hotel we were at for Super Bowl week. And then I saw the story and thought, wow, that was the last game they played. Their next game on Saturday at California Baptist was canceled. I noticed a lot of the uh, couple of the assistant coaches pacing in the lobby on their phone mm. in Phoenix also the day after that game. So I'm sure that's when that they were talking about this decision uh, to po- possibly not play basketball the rest of the year. Look, it's, it's a terrible spot. I immediately thought about Baylor basketball and what happened with Dave Bliss and the whole scandal there where there was a murder on the team that was helped cover up by the coach mm-hmm. and other players. And this has some of the same elements with that. So it's it's awful and not that a lot of America is, you know, craving New Mexico State Aggie basketball, but for people that are associated with that university, get ready for a long haul. That this is death penalty type stuff uh, for your program that could go on for quite a while to dig out of it because this isn't going to end anytime soon. When you get this type of stain on your program, it's difficult to come out of. I mean, nowadays in sports and athletics I rarely see, like, you know how guys would have to carry pads? You go into the locker room, or you, 
Like whenever I was uh, starting out, you would uh, guys would get like duct tape to the goalposts and stuff. You know, none of that happens anymore. So for it to happen in, with this generation of players, that's uh, surprising to me too. Yeah, it's also um, it's multiple players involved in the hazing of another member of the team or something. Well, in, in an era before you know you could easily take video of anything you wanted yeah. at any time, yeah. this yeah this stuff would happen. Uh, all the time. So now it's just there's no, there's no tolerance for any level of uh, of foolishness when it comes to hazing, whether it be players on the team, coaches, whoever's involved. But my main point is, they can say this isn't related to the murder deal all they want. The murder deal has a big oh. part of them canceling their season. Also, this is just the next straw that broke the camel's back to where now they're going to stop playing this year. Chad, your favorite Super Bowl commercial last night was which one? I like the Pepsi ads with uh, Ben Stiller and Steve Martin. The Pepsi Zero. About acting. You know, maybe this is just acting. It's our job as an actor. And then they have the reaction to Pepsi and say, you know, maybe it's really good. Or maybe I'm just acting. I thought that was clever. That was probably my favorite. There were a few. I was, I was reading through to jog my memory on some of them. There were a few that jumped out. The Tubi ad. With the rabbits taking yep. the people and then throwing them in a hole, you know it started for a while. I'm like, is this a new horror movie? What is <laughs> what is this exactly? And then I'm like, oh, that's clever. They're throwing the people down a new rabbit hole. Yeah, also but the, the rabbits didn't look like they were very nice. Too. Yeah, the rabbits looked like it was the yeah. start of a some sort of horror movie to make little children afraid of their you know pet bunny rabbits. The uh, the president and partner of Melansky and Partners, Lee Carter, will join us. We'll ask her about what hit, what didn't, and the polling that's going on behind the scenes today about which ads were the most effective, why, why not. We'll lead off hour number three. That's next on Outkick 360.